Okay, how's it going? It's going. The the word I would use is uh, despondent, but it's going. Despondent. It's, wow. <laughs> it's going. All right. Well, uh, okay. So this is Social Distance Warriors. Um, we don't know things. I'm Tom. And I'm Rachel. And I'm despondent. Why? I'm your despondent <laughs> correspondent. Why? On the coronavirus for this week. Um, it's just, it's been a lot, huh? I don't, I don't know if your general vibe uh, of the past week has been this way, but my general sense of things uh, for the past week or so has been that my state a little bit and uh, my president a lot are just kind of like bored of coronavirus and would rather move on. And a lot of people are just ready to move on. Well, I, it's not time yet. I'm I'm ready to move on, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think on is ready to be moved. With that, <laughs> yeah, with that, that key uh, factor being uh, the, the virus does not care about our readiness to be done with, be done with it. That seems to be true. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um, things have not been easing up in Massachusetts. In fact, uh, things have actually been cracking down in terms of strict requirements. Uh, Massachusetts being where I live, um, where um, just this past week it became the masks switched from being like a recommendation to mandatory. So like you have to wear a mask when you're out in public. So I don't know. It seems to me that um, here people are continuing to take it seriously. But yeah. um, And the last I checked for Massachusetts, you all were in like one of the like top five states for outbreaks is that still that's probably true i don't i don't follow the news that closely yeah i don't know it's not a race (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it is i don't know but if it if it was the united states is is definitely winning it yeah my state is virginia and our governor is a democrat and he is a doctor so he does believe in science you would think but he is really weak on like enforcing anything so he's strongly encouraging people wear masks and strongly encouraging people don't travel places and do dumb things but he's also like ready ready to move his plan is forward Virginia um, and he's ready to start us reopening into a lot of like you can go get your hair cut but you have to make an appointment first and wear a mask if if you feel like it and just a lot of things that he, he's wobbly he's he's a wobbly man um, before before uh, handling the coronavirus he made national news because when he was in college he may or may not have been in blackface uh, so that's our governor and he's just a man yeah who's not getting reelected um, I, I wonder um, yeah I don't know I mean the government can instruct people to relax their restrictions all they want but um, I'm curious to know whether people will, like whether businesses will decide to open or whether um, people will decide to patronize those businesses. What do you think? I think that unfortunately people will, like, because it puts the businesses, like, like the ones that don't want to, it puts them in a position where it's like American individualism, where it's like, we're sorry, we're forcing you to choose between like dying and making money to keep your business going. But that's just a choice you have to look into your heart and make. Mm. Um, And we're not going to give like uh, incentives for you to stay closed. But 
it's it's your freedom of choice to do that and i i i think that people will go to places if they're open and like so i live in northern virginia and we have like the most cases of the whole state so our like city council people have said that they want to be doing a different thing than the rest of the state and probably they will because virginia is like that mm. and northern virginia is stubborn like that um so it's just going to make things even more confusing because now it's like within the state there's going to be different regulations and so i think it'll just really really confuse people yeah that's not good. It's not great. My mother is trying really hard to convince her children to have some kind of gathering. We had a Zoom call for Mother's Day, and she was insistent that we would all be in the same place on Father's Day, which is in June. And she was saying, you know, if we have to be like wearing masks and st- staying six feet apart or whatever. And then my, my sister, who is lives in New York City and doesn't have a way to get anywhere else because public transit is not necessarily safe. She was saying, well, how will I get there? My mother was saying, I'll go drive down there and get you. Um, and if I have to, I'll rig up a shower curtain between the front of the car and the, and the back of the car so that there will be no contact, <laughs> which I don't know. To me, that sounds dangerous to like drive around with a shower curtain flapping around. Yeah. <laughs> that is right out of Pushing Daisies. <laughs> they had they had a um, straight up like plexiglass between uh, – Ned, who would kill people if he touched them. Yeah. And the passenger seat. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't know. I mean, it's I, not, I mean, <laughs> in, in real life, yeah, it's a little harder to navigate. What, is, what would you, how would you rank your mom's follow through? And, or maybe not, because I know sometimes maybe your parents listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah, my mother does listen to this. I've told her that I think it's not necessarily a great idea. We basically had to end the call. We're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll not come to any conclusions. They'll, we'll talk about this at a later date. But, yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, and it is very difficult to have to project ahead and want, want to be in person with people and just not know. Because, like, in my neighborhood, as it is now my uh, second occupation to spy on my neighbors, we have neighbors who weekly... They, they do throw parties, and we have neighbors who do see their families in person or with, like, some attempt to, you know, sit in the driveway. And it's uncomfortable, and it is scary, but it's also, like, who even knows? Like, I feel like, on one hand, I want people to do the best they can and not be idiots, but it is really about, like, harm reduction and... I feel like if people are mostly doing what they can, that will make a difference. Like it doesn't it doesn't help any to like keep getting angry at individual people. So I try not to. But yeah, that's all there is in my neighborhood to do. Just people to get angry. Just at. people to get angry at. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to expect with regard to when things are going to happen. We still don't, we still don't have um, any signal from my employer about what I should expect. I work for a university and they're planning out various different contingency plans, but I think they're more concerned with what the fall semester is going to look like and what the staffing is going to look like is going to kind of, I guess they're probably going to work backwards from there, but they haven't made a decision about the fall semester. Yeah, that's also a big uncertainty. Even though like most of, I feel like the things that have been pushed back, they've been pushed back to the fall. 
Hmm. But even that is operating under who knows what assumptions, because I guess the assumptions being that we'll have our, like, testing shit together by the fall. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) We'll see. It, it, it would be interesting, though, even if we did, like, imagine if everything that got pushed from March, uh, April, May, June, July, and August all of a sudden just showed up in September, and everyone would just be so incredibly busy all the time. September September is my birthday month. Oh, yeah? May is my birthday so. month. The current month is my birthday month. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and I'm not... Um, are you going to push your birthday to September? I don't know. I might just keep pushing it out indefinitely. <laughs> I don't think it should. I don't think it should count. I think yeah, this year everyone should get a pass, and especially uh, birthdays from uh, March, April, May. Y'all should get a pass. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to count it. <laughs> One of the things I've started to realize this week is that my um, I, f- I feel like my my mental and emotional condition is is sort of on. Uh, I guess I'd say an upward trend from from where it has been. Like I, I feel like I'm getting doing a better job of like. I don't know, keeping it together, but my, uh, my physical well-being has just completely like gone in the toilet, honestly, not in terms of like getting the virus or anything, but just like, I don't know, I've been eating crappy food and I've just been mostly sedentary except for on days where I can kind of find time and energy to go for a walk. But I just realized, you know, today I was, today I was doing laundry and just walking from my apartment on the third floor down to the first floor uh, and then back up to like, as I, as I was like, you know, ushering my laundry through the various stages of, you know, washing and drying, et cetera. <laughs> even just that was like, I got winded and I was like, oh my God, I can't even like walk up to my apartment anymore without it being like a whole production. Yeah. I just feel like I, I need to take better care of my, of myself physically. I need, I think that needs to be a, a priority for me in the coming weeks. Yeah. That's good to at least know about yourself that uh your body is real and (laughs) it it really can uh get worse i hesitate to ask uh but i think way a while ago you had um been starting the couch to 5k yeah is that something you're still interested in Uh, well i'm certainly not doing it uh right now like that doesn't matter am i interested in it yeah maybe i feel like i i feel like even the week one workout of the couch to 5k is probably too much for me at this point (laughs) Um, you get a you get a couch to door K. Mm, I feel like let's call it bed to couch. Bed to couch. <laughs> yeah, like I feel That's like the prequel. Yeah, I'm not even at couch yet. I, I think I've done pretty well recently with like coming up with um, daily routines or like checklists that I have to check off. So I need to like um, I don't know come up with a sort of physical activity plan just to keep myself going and also a better better meal plan so that I'm actually eating something with vegetables in it instead of just just garbage. It's hard. It is hard. <laughs> trying to trying to keep it keep it lively, keep it good. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm on sort of the flip side of that, where it's like that that Parks and Rec. I don't know his name, but uh, it's like if I keep constantly moving my body at all times, I can stop myself from uh, falling into deep depression. So um, I'm I'm walking my dog. I'm cooking the food, uh, but I've disconnected from my feelings. Hmm. Uh, they're not good. Hmm. But is that just going to be like how everything was postponed until September? Then all of your feelings are just going to come <laughs> rushing in at once and you're not going to be able to process them. Perhaps. <laughs> or I skip them. Hmm. I just skip them completely. Yeah, you'll probably never have to deal with those. No, you're probably. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. Have, so um, related to cooking, which you mentioned, one of our, uh, in fact, our, action, our, our singular action item for this past week was to try something new cooking-wise. Did you do that? Um. 
Did I try something new? Oh, I forgot it was new. I cooked. Yeah, I tried something new. What was the new thing? The new thing was uh, fried rice. Hmm. We had done one of our um, carryout nights at a Chinese restaurant, and I got fried rice, and then I generated more fried rice by taking um, the little containers that they give you just, like, plain white rice, Mm -hmm. um, and then you, like, freeze that for a bit, and then when you cook it again, you can, like, add egg and soy sauce and vegetables, and we had chicken, so I added chicken, and it's not super healthy, but it is good to eat. Mm. I don't know if I, I don't know if this counts as trying anything new, because I had already... It was a successful attempt based on a previous unsuccessful attempt. I think when last we recorded, I had I had made a, an attempt at cooking a pizza. Yes, I, re- um, I recall <laughs> uh, the dough. It did not impress. Yeah, no. Attempt number three ended up being uh, a success. Pizza time. More or less, anyway. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was an edible pizza. It was actually pretty good. I, f- I feel like I need to continue to, uh, well, I mean, on the one hand, I feel like I want to continue to refine my skill set and, and achieve ever greater heights of pizza creation. <laughs> but on the other hand, that's directly contrary to my goal of um, eating in a more sane and healthy way. So I don't know, maybe I should abandon that or attempt to synthesize them and create some kind of healthy, vegetable-rich, vitamin and mineral-bearing pizza. Yeah, that's definitely a path you can go down. Like, my sister is a very healthy eater. And so (laughs) there's a bit of a trade-off where it's like you can make a very healthy version of a food. But unfortunately, I'm sorry, Ellie, if you're hearing this. Unfortunately, like when you do that, sometimes you sacrifice taste. So (laughs) you could could go down the path where you're like um, doing uh, like vegetable crusts instead of uh, dough crusts. Like... You take, like, a cauliflower and a zucchini and you, like, mix it uh, or a potato. You know, like, you can you can put those things together and then it's, like, a vegetable crust. Mm. But um, you can't live off that. It's healthier. Like, your body your body could live off that, but it, your brain would know it's not really pizza. Right, yeah. I mean, my, my pizza goal has so far been to replicate like a New York style street pizza kind of thing, just like just cheap junk food in the in, in the delicious way, insofar as you can do that in a home oven, which is not the same kind of oven that is used in most pizza places. Yeah. You also don't have enough grease. True, this is true. Although I don't know. I mean I feel like I <laughs> I feel like I have as much grease as I need, which is not much. I don't prefer it to be that greasy, so so I was fine with with the minimal amount of grease that I had. So I can <laughs> I can take us to the death corner. Ooh, the death corner. If you would like, um, because I, I did have an update in um, letting me deal with dead people. So I had tried to get on a list of names to do um, the Tahara ritual, which would be like actually up and personal with um, a person who has died and you're like washing their body. Uh, well, every synagogue and uh, Jewish community uh, has stopped doing that. Mm. So now now it's virtual. So I've yet to attend a virtual version of the Tahara ceremony, but apparently they're out there. Um, I instead signed up and did two hours of a virtual, they call it a Shimra which is like you in person would like go to the funeral home and 
you're kind of like chilling with the body. Um, you're making sure it's like not left unattended. And generally people read like psalms and stuff. Um, so this was a version of that where people like signed up for times to at home think about and read psalms for this person, but not actually there. Mm. So I did I did that, and it was my first time ever, ever doing that digitally or physically. And I feel I feel like I've got to workshop it perhaps because a lot of the psalm readings don't do a lot for me, which it would be helpful, I think, if I could get a sense whether this is to do anything for me or to do anything for the family of the person who has died or to be doing anything for the person who has died. But So are you like reading for an audience or? You're like, they give you a packet of psalms and you read it and think about the person. But it's sort of like, for me, it doesn't really translate so much to virtually because the whole idea is like you're guarding over the body but i have no idea what is happening Mm. and i guess i'm not a very spiritual person so i feel like i had been tricked into like doing something more spiritual than uh i can do but that's that's the update from the death corner all ceremonies have been virtualized Mm. that's pretty uh, that's that's interesting i uh i'm kind of trying to imagine like what would a virtual version of keeping guard over the body be yeah like i wouldn't want a (laughs) camera there are digital security systems like yeah i i don't i don't think having like a camera directly in the funeral home would would assist like that would be a wild zoom call yeah but yeah hmm I, I feel like it's got to be very difficult for people who have lost loved ones during this situation. I mean, that is always difficult, but I imagine it's especially difficult and strange. Um, I feel lucky that I don't think anyone that I, I personally know has passed away, although like I have a lot of like friends of friends or you know friends of family, things like that that have passed away. But yeah, it's it's got to be a very strange time to 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 be grieving someone who's died. Yeah, and I I I don't think the tools we have right now are the best for it. Hmm. Which is weird because now is a time where people are dying. <laughs> yeah. Have you been paying much attention to the um the death models? Um. No. 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 <laughs> Do you know what I'm referring to? No. I just mean like the statistical models that predict the number of the number of deaths in the United States. No. I've been much more like if I know if I know someone who lives in an area, I will look at their case rep- reported cases, mm. but is this like a are there death models for like the US? kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's a number of different institutions which have which have made projections and predictions. Uh, m- most of them tend to be I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm pr- they're pretty consistently around like the notion that okay, it's probably going to be about like uh, 120,000 sometime during the summer and then no one really knows like what, what whether there's going to be like a second wave or or what have you. So, beyond that it gets a little fuzzier, but I hear I heard it was it passed 80,000 this week mm-hmm. this week or this weekend very recently so that's model like that's how many they predict are going to die or is that how many people who 
have died. So 80,000 is, I think that's the number of people who have died. Okay. I mean, like I said before, this is not your podcast (laughs) to uh, get accurate information about um, COVID-19 death statistics or uh, infection rates or uh, recovery rates or anything. But I think using like statistical modeling to predict outcomes. I think obviously what what a lot of these models do is they predict a range like, oh, here's like the worst case scenario, the best case scenario, here's the average. And I, I feel like a lot of them are pointing towards like hitting a hundred like around 150,000 during the summer. Mm. hundred and twelve like between 120 and 150, I feel like. I guess so where do you go if you do go to um seek out this news information. I mean, what I will often do if I want to find the like the current up-to-date statistics, you can just Google COVID-19 deaths. And then like Google has its own thing that shows you, like I'm looking at it right now. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks for all your data tracking. Yeah, and Google is telling me that 81,378 people have died in the United States. And of course, that's only the ones we know about. There are, are possibly other deaths that have not been reported as being COVID related. Mm-hmm. And then you can break it down by state if you really want to. But um, the website 538.com, which is um, a website that does data journalism, they, I think it was just within the past day or two, they created a site where you can see the results of various different, various different statistical models that have been created by various different institutions for the expected number of of deaths by a given point in time. And I, I may have just overestimated. I'm looking at that now, and it's it looks like it's more in the range of 120 to 130 is the average that a lot of these models are predicting rather than 150. That seems to be on the high end of what they're predicting. But there are like eight different models that they're tracking, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different models that they're tracking that are like from different institutions that use different methodologies and different assumptions and, and stuff like that. It's real cheery, real cheery stuff, real, real fun, real fun data stuff. I Statistics don't give me anything. Like I, hmm. I believe they are real and important to some people, but I don't, maybe it's like a God thing. Like I don't personally believe <laughs> in statistics for me. So I, I guess I go more towards like, things that feel more actionable for like reading about um, coronavirus news, like either my specific state health department or um, like the one video source that doesn't give me more anxiety when I am listening to it is the like um, healthcare triage doctor guy. Mm. Um, Yes, he's good. Who, yeah, well, there's that and there's the unavoidable in my house TV news, which does make me feel more anxious because that's by design. But yeah, like like the ones I actively seek out, I try to have them feel like either actionable or like giving me something um, useful. Because I I don't know, death models, to me, (laughs) it's just big death that I can't conceive of and it's big death. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a couple of things. Like, I, I, uh, I don't know. I generally think it's better to know than not know, like what the range of possible outcomes are. So, like, the fact that someone else has like thought this through and and kind of thought out, okay, here's here's what we can expect, and here's the range of oh, here's our baseline for like what we expect it to be. So we know, like, oh, actually, it's a little bit better than than we thought feared it might be, or oh no, it's worse than it's worse than we thought or, or things like that. Just having that kind of baseline. I don't know. I find that 
I don't know if it's like grounding or if it like gives me something to hold on to. But another thing is I'm just interested in in data stuff. Like that's what I'm doing my graduate degree in is like um, data analytics and like this whole kind of thing. Even though this is much more advanced than the kind of anything I've ever done, like the kinds of statistical modeling these people are doing. So um, be careful there. You don't want to write a thesis on uh, data modeling for COVID nineteen, and then you would be an expert. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I have no you interest. Change your whole tagline. I have no interest in becoming an expert. So. I shall remain a fool. Do you want to, uh, do you think we should assign additional um, action items? No. <laughs> no? Unless you unless you have one. No, I mean, I should probably put more effort into thinking of one before <laughs> we sit down to record, but I, I don't have have one right now. I, I, okay, my, my action item is, is uh, read a book. Read a book. Just read a book. Doesn't matter what kind, any kind. I support that. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. All right, then I, I think we can end it there. Let's end it there. Uh, so until next time... Go ahead and stay distant. Go the distance.